Ali Kalamotul declare the Movie Men officially open for business. Welcome, dear listeners, to the show. As usual, I'm joined by a man who will do anything to avoid an honest day's work, including returning to his student days. Johnny Smith is here. Ali, Johnny, how are you I'm doing? I'm not bad. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. No. How is the student life? Good. You know, the yeah. same old pints and sleeping until 11. How the pints? That's good. I bet you haven't even done any work yet, have you? I watched a film the other day, so... Yeah, that's... Close enough. degree is watching films. It's all good work. To fail, how do you fail your degree? Do you just not watch the films? Pretty much, I think. Just close as far your as eyes. I'm aware, that's it. Just close your eyes during it. That's the only way you can fail. But um, Johnny and I have also decided that Three's Company. So we've invited along James Pugh for the ride. Welcome, James, to the movie, man. How are you feeling? I'm how, good. Had your first stint on the show? I know, yeah, I'm really excited. Thanks for uh, bringing me on board. Yeah. So, so Johnny's a film student. What's your credentials? Uh, I was a film student. <laughs> so um, slightly, you know, if you want to tutor or anything like that, show how to watch a film, perhaps the best position on the sofa to watch it. Um, Bit of one-upmanship there as yeah. well. I was studying when Blockbuster went bust, so pretty much Ooh. all our reference just went. So um, <laughs> you're lucky. Oh, well, we're talking about tonight. Well, actually, let's go into the open question, aren't we? So I'll just skip ahead. <laughs> well, James, seeing as you're new to the show, I'm going to let you go first with a question that I've got for you, mate. So um, Jennifer Lawrence recently declared that she'd like to see Jodie Foster become the US president, saying she'd be her pick for to be the most powerful human being on the planet. So uh, I'm pretty sure she's not in the current race, unless Donald Trump is an extremely elaborate avatar for her. <laughs> But who would you like to see elevated to the position of most powerful individual in the world, and why? Wow. Okay. Um, um, well, okay, so my immediate decision is Jeff Bridges as the <laughs> as Big Lebowski. Okay, yeah. As president. I can see that. Um, I just think his, his policy would be, he'd be pretty relaxed. Um, wouldn't get a lot done. He, he wouldn't get a lot done, but I just, you know, this aggression will not stand is a pretty good kind of like campaign slogan. Do you reckon he'd yeah. make the national sport bowling? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, ferrets for everyone, or marmots, or whatever he does. Whatever he gets chucked in the bath. John John Goodman's character as uh, Secretary of State. I mean, his, his foreign secretary. Yeah, foreign yeah. secretary, definitely. Not the most diplomatic of men. No. But. And then you've got Donnie as vice president. You know, <laughs> I was getting told to shut up. Uh, I think that'd be a nice dynamic. Good mix. mix. Yeah, good mix of personalities. The White House wouldn't know we're here. Yeah. Johnny, how about you? Who would you like to see as the most powerful individual in the world. I think when you said the most powerful individual, I thought the best person would probably be Woody Allen. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he would be the worst person to be the most powerful person in the world because he'd be so neurotic and anxious about it. Yeah. Nothing would ever get done. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to make a decision. He would just sit there and fret. Yeah. Aggressively fretting. He also has, um, you know, but it, it's not out of the question he'd be able to become the president because he actually has probably a less questionable uh, relationship with women than Donald Trump does, despite yeah. <laughs> despite the obvious. I mean, he's looking like a pretty pretty clean cut candidate. Yeah, he's so. de- you know, his past definitely wouldn't get him out the running. Stands for family no. is more than the current candidates probably. So, <laughs> and he's made the same film fifty times. So you know, we're going to get with him. He's a safe option. <laughs> yeah, same pair of hands. Okay, I like it. Well, um, my uh, you know, Woody Allen's quite an old guy. Jeff Bridges is a very old man now, as we wow. saw in Hello High Water. Um, I've, I've gone for a very young president, you know, in the vibe. We've, got, we've had Bill Clinton, we've had Obama. I've gone for Richie Rich. So, Richie Rich, obviously good with money, knows what to do with a big house. Yeah. He would make the White House bitching. Massive. What does he have in Richie Rich? He's got, like, the biggest, like, bouncy castles <laughs> and all that shit and, like, amazing house. But more importantly, he's also got his own Mount Rushmore, doesn't he? 
That is a good point. So yeah. you just switch, yeah. It, yeah. switch it straight out. Yeah. So they just rewritten. They just need to change the location. Bang, there you go. Richie Rich family are in there. I just worry that he'd deal with major issues like the Flint water supply and change it to like cola because he loves soda. Like, oh, you don't know what you know. Hey, it sounds like a sensible idea. I mean, the people of Flint, Michigan, have been the one. It's less harmful than what they're currently trying That's probably, yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. I've had a major heart attack. I've been told by my doctor I'm not supposed to go back to work yet. I'm afraid you must continue to look for work or your benefit payments will be frozen. There must be some mistake. It's a monumental farce, isn't it? Looking for non-existent jobs. And all it does is humiliate me. So tonight's film is I, Daniel Blake by the veteran social realist director Ken Loach. I, Daniel Blake tells the story of a man who suffered a heart attack and been declared unfit to work by his doctor, but too healthy to claim benefits by the government, leaving him in some kind of financial limbo. Uh, he meets a single mother with two children called Katie along the way, who's also suffering from life on the breadline. So, fellas, let's start with you, Johnny. So this film's had lots of criticism, particularly from the right-wing media and Tories and the Telegraph and the, the Daily Mail and things like that. Um, does it does it ring true or are they correct and it's all a pack of lies despite being impeccably researched and them having never experienced poor people in their lives I think the the thing with it is that obviously it has been researched pretty thoroughly and that you can't you can argue with how the film portrays these things and how it you know operates as a film but you can't really argue with the facts which a lot of Places have sort of, you know, <laughs> desperately tried to pretend that people don't live lives like this. So, you know, I think that's, that's you know, Ken Lynch isn't going to make something as utter nonsense, yeah. I don't think. So but the criticism seems to be clutching its sort of ideological straw there. So, James, we think we're on pretty solid footing with the actual storyline, but how about the film yeah. itself? Let's ignore the politics for a second. How does it stack up as a film in itself? That's the, that's the kind of discussion I've, I've had with a lot of people that have seen it, because everyone's first kind of point to go for for the film is, oh, it's very political and this is, you know, it's making a statement, which it is, and it is dealing with facts and it's very true. Um, but I did wonder whether that is kind of getting in the way of it as a film, uh, and after seeing it and thinking about it, I don't think it does. And I think it, it stands up regardless of whether... The political slant. The political slant, whether you agree with the political slant or not. I think just as a film, it just it, it still it still works. Is it typical Ken Loach? You know, he's a social realist director, he's done a lot of stuff. Is this straight out of the Ken Loach canon or does it offer us something else that we haven't seen from him before? Uh, I... I don't think it does. You you know what you get with, with Ken Loach. It's just that this one is just a particularly good Ken Loach one. The camera work and you know the way it's made is still pretty pretty standard and regular. There's mm. nothing different there, nothing exciting to look at. Um, but I think he's done himself a massive favour with the casting of the two leads, which for me carried the film. Um, okay, that's interesting. So for me, you're interested in the Daniel Blake character because of the way he's written rather than because of the performance from Dave Johns. Whereas on the flip side, Katie, Hayley Squires does such a good job portraying her. I think she's by far and away the standout in the film. I wasn't actually overly impressed with Dave Johns. Jodie, what was your opinion on the lead I action? think, yeah, she was much better. I think yeah. she obviously gave it, a, you know, her story was a lot more powerful, I think, because yeah. she sort of gave it a lot more emotion, whereas yeah. he was understated and very low-key. 
And that was he, his he, performance was a typical Ken Loach perform, film performance where I mean it wasn't was, you know he was the sort of person you get in who's not you know he's not a professional actor in the sense exactly, that exactly. he's going to give it exactly. you know yeah maybe this is what directors have been doing wrong getting actual actors maybe they should just get blokes on the street he I think he, he <laughs> did sure well but he wasn't bro. you know he carried the mm. story and he was you know believable and, and nice but he wasn't quite as gripping compared to her there's an awful lot of dickheads in that film as well I mean that's the thing is you could say that Ken Loach has obviously gone all out in <laughs> every you know it's a seriously he's having a bad time down your plate like <laughs> everything that can go wrong will go wrong yeah. he's not mixed his words as he can look for this no. there's no kind of agrarian you know exactly what his opinion is yeah he's exactly the that's the you know and I think if you were to watch the film Heart Attack Check. Totally out of check. context. Benefit stop. Check. It, you, I think the political stuff does, you know, it can't really exist without the political stuff. Yeah. But I think if you watched it back in 30 years' time, you would say, well, that's an interesting, you know, account of the times that people were living sure. in. Mm. For me, that knocks it from an all right watch to being like well, That's the thing, it. yeah. It, the... It's so, you know, prescient and, and about now. Yeah. That... Do you think Ken Loach was showing his age with the storyline with his next door neighbour selling trainers? I think it was a bit of like, this is what old men think that uh, young <laughs> black men do. The weirdest thing was a bit with the, the Chinese guy I, on I the live stream. I was like, this bizarre. is really weird. <laughs> I'm having such a weird moment here. My favourite scene was when he said his favourite football player was Charlie Adam was possibly oh, the yeah. best scene in the film. It, did, it, it, was a weird, it didn't quite fit in with the rest of the film. It was, it was, it was a strange interlude. It was a curveball. But, but isn't that what that scene represented? The kind of, it was another example of how the working classes they were being represented got together um, and kind of did see the light side and do kind of have fun and have that sense of community. The working class got together with the Chinese working class. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that'd be Marxist revolution. Not like that, but in the sense that every time he went home and hung out with his neighbour and her, the sense of community and the way they helped each other out and have had fun was a key point that he was making that they treated each other with respect and they treated each other well. There's a lot to like about this film, but I personally, I think there was a lot of cliched stuff in there. Because this film won the Palme d'Or, right? So, and I know, I was, I'm I a bit like, I don't think that film is worthy of a Palme d'Or. There was so much yeah. cliched stuff in there that, whether it's 2016, like you, you take some of Ken Loach's earlier stuff, like Sweet 16, it's just bang on the money, for instance, yeah? yeah? Something like this, it's a bit like, that's that's what an old man. That's basically an old man showing his age. Like, oh, the the main guy can't use a computer, and he's just. It's like, oh, that's funny. Like, the comedy for that sense to me kind of missed the mark a little bit. Did that cliche stuff bother you at all? Or? It's sort of inevitable in a sense, you know, when she sort of turns to you know being an escort and stuff. It's a oh, bit yeah, like we've sort of been down this, <laughs> yeah. you know, way before. You could see it coming a mile off as well. Yeah, that's when the thing. She was you, in that thing. Is like, I've got some work for you. Like, yeah. oh well, that's where the next half now <laughs> films like <laughs> yeah. going. That's yeah, it. but yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing. Is the impressive thing is it's still you know has a massive impact as you know it's a powerful emotional film. Even though we sort of know kind yeah. of where it's going and what's going to happen in a sense. But it still sort of hits I, the mark. I would agree. And I would say that the, the the ending and everything else was so predictable from the first from the first scene. Mm. You, you could kind of you knew what kind of film it was because going into it, even like before it came out, you knew what it was about. So you knew what to expect and you knew where it was going to go. Um, but that is that, that's okay, I suppose. Sometimes it, I think kind of that's the thing. Most a lot of films you watch, you sort of know what the end point is going to be. But yeah. it's getting to the end point, and yeah. I think it's still. You know, packed a punch, even if you did. Do you know what, boys? I'm going to nail my colours to the mast here. 
I think that all these right-wing commentators are correct. The film is full of bollocks. <laughs> no way do coconuts kill more people in a year than sharks. <laughs> Who's standing under coconut trees that regularly? You're right. You're right. This is These are facts that you didn't check. No. Just bullshit, isn't it? It's full of shit. How can we trust a word Ken Loach says? No, and everyone helps when you drinking the beans from the tin, but when I start eating grapes in the middle of Asda, I get chucked out. Well, if, yeah. He should have put that in. Double standards. Also, if you're in a food bank, why would you Why would you go straight for the beans? It's not really, it's not really the most um, <laughs> easiest, you know. Yeah, you don't go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm parched. Let me just grab a drink. I'll just drink the juice out of this tin of beans. But she um, fishes out of the thing. The dexterity required to eat that whole tin of beans would have been... <laughs> but she was trying to do it on the sly as well. You can't <laughs> yeah. slide eat baked beans out of the yeah, tin in a public place bank there's loads of food just take something else like a banana she just really wanted baked beans oh, we, are, we are laughing massive craving uh, we are joking around in an ironic sense yeah because it is a, it's really harrowing so we kind of don't at least at, kind of think at least I was I don't know about Johnny what? you know <laughs> <laughs> right boys let's rate this film out of ten I'm going to go seven and a half. Seven and a half, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go seven and a half because it was an above average film. Mm-hmm. It didn't blow me away. It didn't. I didn't come out thinking I need to watch that again. I didn't think it was groundbreaking in terms of cinema, but I respect the political message that it has That enough that I could say it was a 7.5. Johnny? I think I'll edge just up onto an A, simply because at the end of the film, I've never seen such a subdue, miserable audience of people who are <laughs> so emotionally broken at the end of a film. Yeah, don't you go to Morrissey one... gigs all the time? Yeah, but they're people <laughs> weeping with delight. All oh, right. So uh, <laughs> this was just stone, this was just stone cold misery. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go just below the seven and a half and go with a seven. You know, I think it's a good film ish. You know, it's not amazing, but I can't believe it won the Palm Door. Some of it didn't ring through. Yeah. I was in, extremely impressed with Hayley Squires as well. I'd be interested to see who the jury was for the Palm Door this year because I. It doesn't seem like a film that would have, in, have international appeal. Or, well, if you're not yeah, from England, I don't really think you'd quite get the... It would yeah, resonate it, quite strongly. Isn't it always Lars von Trier? Is it just always picking it? <laughs> <laughs> Lars von Trier, Woody Allen and Donald Trump. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like some a terrible joke, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it before. Good people. On the street. You could lose everything. Well, I'm not going to give up. When you lose your self-respect, you're done for. Yeah! Right, it's time for the challenge. And uh, now we've got three of us. I think we work in tandem. We can work as Ooh. pairs against the question master, which this week is me, right? And uh, I'm going to go for another punny quiz, John. Excellent. John. <laughs> John. Jonathan. And James. So remember when I did... Um, Reagan, Reagan or Rogan? Yeah. Well, this time we're going for a kiss quiz. Kiss quiz. It's a quiz about Kez, which is obviously oh. one of Ken Loach's old films. You could have could have called it Kezical. Kezical. Yeah, Kezical. It's. I'm now calling it Kezical. So, do you dare play a game of Kezical against me, gentlemen? Do you accept the challenge? Let's go. Right. So, right. Five questions. You can work together. I'll give you a few seconds to confer because we haven't got all night. But question number one, Kez is based on a book called A Kestrel for a Knave, written in 1968. Who was the author? Multiple choice. <sighs> a, Keith Waterhouse. B, Neil Dunn. Neil Diamond. C, Barry Hines. 
Did he just play for Fulham? And D, Alan Stilito. It's A or C. I think it's A. I know it's definitely not D. Let's go for it then, eh? Keith Waterhouse. It was, in fact, former Fulham striker Barry Hines. <laughs> oh, in between scoring goals for Fulham, he was penning those. I'm only kidding, he never played for Fulham. But yeah, Barry Hines wrote Testral for a name. So, 0 and 1 so far, gentlemen. Uh, question number two Who was the director of the film? Nah, that's too easy. Um, question number two. One of the school teachers in the film, Kez, Mr. Farthing, was played by Colin Welland. That famous actor, Colin Welland. <laughs> For which 1981 Oscar-winning film did he write the screenplay? Oh, now, you Lord. should get this after I give you the, the uh, options. A, Arthur. B, Reds. C, Atlantic City. D, Chariots of Fire. Okay. Char- Chariots of Fire sounds, sounds it's good. It's got to be. Yes, it enough. is. D, Chariots of Fire. There you go. Pulled it back one on one. So yeah, maybe what an obscure he's... bit of knowledge. I'm pretty sure he's wearing the same shorts from Chariots of Fire when he's actually <laughs> teaching in the. In I the... think that's the only pair of trousers he can wear. It's like you know, <laughs> welded to his skin. <laughs> Picked them up in the 1986 World Cup. Question number three: What is the name of the main character in the film brackets and the book? Is it A. Billy Connolly, B. Billy Liar, C. Billy Casper, or D. Billy Elliot? I thought it was Kez. Was that? Was <laughs> <laughs> everyone just called Kez? Yes. Oh, just all about the bird. And Bez. Bez is in it as well. Bez, Kez. Everyone's Kez what or Bez. What about the sequel where he gets a pet Bez? <laughs> <laughs> just so runs around just... with his maracas in a field. Well, somebody shut up those bloody maracas. <laughs> <laughs> he's just running around the field with like a leash around him going free. And he's like, oh, slow down. You're not actually flying Bez. It's just all the crap. <laughs> Right, um, it's Billy Connolly, it's the first one. It's Billy Casper. Yeah, that's right. Billy Connolly's a crap <laughs> comedian. Yeah, I know. I know. No, 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 Billy Connolly's was... a good comedian. I was thinking of Brian Connolly, he's a shit comedian. I thought, I just thought that was his name. Billy Connolly's a very funny comedian, sorry. So yeah, that's one and two for you guys so I mean, Can far. we just think of, just take a second to think about Kez starring <laughs> B- Billy Connolly. <laughs> and, and Kez is played by Bez, but dressed as a bird. <laughs> Thinking he can fly because yeah. he's smacked off his tits. He, he, he just loves it as well. And they're just running around a field and Billy Connolly's taking it to school. <laughs> and he's crouched like next to his desk and, it's, and the bloke who wrote Charities is fire is walking past in his shots. And he's like, can you, Billy, can, thing, you, can you stop that thing dancing? Can you stop him from shaking the miracles? I'm trying does. to take a test. This man is not in the band. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Oh, can we move on now? Sure, just, yeah. just about. I'll, I'll take over. some time to think about that later by myself. So. <laughs> uh, question number four. You need these last two, else I've won. Uh, in the film Kez, what is the name of the main character's elder brother? Is it A. John, B. Bud, C. Jude, or D. Fred? Uh, I want to say Bud. <laughs> Bud's too American. It can't be Bud. Hey, Bud! <laughs> <laughs> like your bird, man. That he's trying to put us off. Don't let him shake us. Some kind of eagle. <laughs> they don't have kestrels in America. No, I mean, if Kez was American, it would be you know a falcon. It would be it would be, be a bald, bald eagle. eagle. Yeah, a bald eagle. And in the end, it would carry him away. <laughs> it would. It would it'd it'd be, like, <laughs> pick up his baby brother and just fly away. Fly. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. So we've established it's not bad. I'll I give mean, you that. John. Surely it's John. John's a good trustee. 
I mean, you would say that, wouldn't you? It just seems like Kez seems like <laughs> doesn't have exotic names. You just say it's a good trustworthy name, John. <laughs> so you've gone John. Let's yeah, go with John. It's Jude. I think it's spelled Judd. Uh, I'm basically remembering what I can from having seen the film. I'm pretty sure it's called Jude, but it's spelled J-U-D. So one and three. This could be an absolute walkover. Probably should watch Kez. Probably. <laughs> Probably. You're going to need this one back, um, and I'm going to give you such a big clue on this one. It, the clue is it's relevant to the next film. Question number five. The unnamed city. That's too much of a clue. I can't believe it just gave me that. Question <laughs> number five. The unnamed city in which the film Kez is set is located in South Yorkshire, England. What is the main source of work for adult men in the city? Is it A, a coal mine? Shit, I've actually done you over here, sorry. B, a steelworks. C, a shipyard. Or D, a linen factory. I've done you over with the clue. I'm totally wrong. I've just realised. Is it, I, well, is it, I thought there were miners. Ignore me. It must be mine. It's coal miners then. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> steelworks? Slash is curveball. Trying to throw you off the scent with... Yeah, it's, it's steel. Double, yeah. double bluffing. Yeah, quadruple bluffing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, you boys got two out of three. Two out of five, sorry. Probably should. It's been a long time since I saw it. Where does he get it from? Does he just like, find it? Uh, Kez. Well, bears or Kez? Kez well, he, he finds bears wandering the streets one morning after, <laughs> he, after a raid. After just a raid. This lot go all the way. You lot, that would be worth a look. We've sold 200 tickets. No one said anything to me about the full Monty. Are you in or are you out? <laughs> You great money making enterprises at Gary. Strippers. You. The full Monty. You don't sing. No. You don't dance. No. What do you do? This. You can leave your hand on. For our archive film tonight, we'll be looking at another social commentary, but this time presented in a very different way. We're going back to 1997 and the comedy The Full Monty. It stars Robert Carlyle and Mark Addy, better known as, I realise we're watching the film, Robert Baratheon from Game yeah. of Thrones. Uh, they're out of work friends in 90s post steel era Sheffield, not post coal mine era South Yorkshire, <laughs> but struggling to make ends meet until they hatch a plan to get rich quick by becoming strippers, bizarrely. So, this film takes a very, very different approach to Ken Loach's film by Daniel Blake to, you know, portray a social commentary. Obviously, it's a very comedic, very funny film, very humorous. Which of these two hits home harder for you, Johnny? I think Daniel Blake has to hit home harder because it's just so unrelentingly brutal all the way through. Oh, okay, well, which one works better? But the full one is much more enjoyable. Yeah. And watching it back for this, I forgot how sort of politically minded it is. Mm. And it opens with that sort of, really naff uh, sort of video of, of the future of Sheffield. And <laughs> that's a real like, video. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And, it, and it's, you yeah. know, the future of Sheffield. It's bright <laughs> and wonderful. And then they're like, yeah. oh, it, no, it's a shit off. Well, then well, the actual yeah. future of Sheffield is just taken, yeah. taken over by hipsters. And just metal harbors. <laughs> so I, I think the Full Monty works much better as an overall package. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Blake is like, there is a, a point and that everything drives towards the point. Yeah. Well, as Johnny said, it covers a lot of political ground there. Mm. You know, you've got working class, you know, being downtrodden, yeah. like loss of industry, suicide, sexual health, father's rights, homosexuality. Is it too much or does it handle it well? Does it manage to, 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 to do all of these things? In the way that we, the criticism we have for Daniel Blake in terms of 
because it was so serious and a lot of it seemed cliched, this gets away with it by doing the opposite because it's really funny. Yeah. It can handle all these things really well and juggle it. Sometimes, some people find it easier to use humour um, to deal with them. Um, the fact that it's not hitting you over the head with a sledgehammer, is it? This is not I'm making. Yeah. You know, does it actually, uh, in the grand scheme of things, have a greater impact? Because they, like you say, they just touch on these things because they can do it in a lighthearted way. They bring Definitely. it up. It does make you think, though, in certain cases. I think the homosexuality storyline is a little bit shoehorned in and just yeah. chucked in there for no reason. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what are we missing? Yeah. It's like, right. But all the other stuff, you know, you connect with the characters and you feel mm. and, like they, they bring this stuff up, but they don't labour the point. Like look, Ken Loach does in I, Daniel Blake, remorselessly yeah. pouring more Definitely. misery on this man. <laughs> like, there's light and shade in Full Monty, and when yeah. the light is on, the light is hilarious. Everyone in it is great. And but, it still stands, and it's, this problem still stands the test of time. Mark yeah. Ali, Robert Carlyle. But why isn't Sean Bean in this film? This is the Good big question. <laughs> Do I feel glad? Came out of this. Where was Sean Bean in 1997? What was he doing? Uh, when Saturday comes, I'm pretty sure he was. Clearly, he must have been doing something big. Film. If, something major. He must have been asked to be in the film on And if he wasn't, there was something wrong there. I mean, he's Mr. Sheffield. He's like. Yeah. You know, he did a bar once and he saw two people kicking off and he went and defended them and got stabbed. <laughs> yes, I remember. Fin- didn't he finish his pint? He then, he, the people were then escorted out. He then went to the bar and got around for everyone in the bar <laughs> and finished his drink and then didn't like go to a hospital straight away. That is awesome. Sorry for any non-football fans, but didn't Sean Bean also break into Neil Warnock's office when he was a Sheffield United manager and go mental at him because they were shit? I mean, that's the sort of thing he would do. That is, yeah. That's his city. He's Mr. Shetland. So. He's Mr. Shetland. That's yeah. his club that he's, he was dragged to the dirt. He's got every right to He probably had there. a steel girder on his shoulder while he was doing so. <laughs> he's, he's made of steel. So he, was, he was forged. And Les Battersby makes a very brief appearance. He was in Full In the Full Monty, Les Battersby. Great, yeah. Com- outside of Coronation Street, which yeah. is very bad. I, li- I like to think he's the same character. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> he went back to Janice and, yeah, he, and he, he just called him Les. He threw a bit of a wobbly on Corey and was like, you know, I need to get out of here. He went to Sheffield and then it just the stripping didn't turn out alright, so he just like, I've got to go back to Manchester. Then. It's like Keith Chapman and extras, they have to call him yeah. Les. Yeah. Understand what's going on. Full Monty has definitely stood the test of time really and will stand the test of time, I believe, longer than Daniel Blake will. Mm. I don't think, like, what was that, 97? Yeah. Uh, a long time ago. Is that now. nearly. That's nearly 20 years ago, yeah. Full Monty. That's when we're still talking about it as being, as being funny. Like, humour can sometimes, you know... Yeah. Especially it's, that way, it's very specific British humour. Yeah. yeah, British humour's got a, a knack of getting dated It's quite quickly. progressive yeah. as well. In the bit when they're on the sunbeds and looking at the magazines, oh, yeah. and then they sort of, like, have a gender crisis. And <laughs> yeah. like, maybe they're looking at us that way, and you're yeah. like, this is pretty progressive <laughs> yeah. for 97. Sexual politics again. Yeah. It's a so, genius show. But it, it just sort of slips it in, and it adds yeah. to the whole... Story and it's just yeah. a nice package, you know, it's about them stripping. And Talking about nice everything packages. else fits in nicely. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say about me that my favourite scene is the end scene? Uh, it's just so uplifting. It's just. It's a brilliant it. scene. It's so good. Robert Carlyle's cheeky little grin when he goes out on stage is absolutely <laughs> superb. <laughs> Should we just go and, go and rewatch it now? Just, just that needs, scene. Yeah, just. <laughs> I just yeah, it, it's it's one of the all time great British films. A little bit of trivia on that scene: uh, they all agree, the cast agreed that they would strip butt naked, do the full Monty, no way, uh, one take in front of all the extras, provided it was shot from behind, right? So in the front row, apparently, is the choreographer just like screaming at them of what they need to do because obviously they have one take to get it, but like. 
There's some real pathos about it, isn't it? It's the payoff. It's the, way it's, the, it... it's the climax, if you will, of the film. <laughs> if you shall. Is my, <laughs> if I may. If I may. If you doth protest. This is the... It's what you've all been waiting for. And yeah. I think that's the... That's the key, because you never see him fully do a, a dance all the way through. You see no. him just briefly. And you kind of get that tease, like, oh, I wonder what they're going to be like. And you just, you're just dying to see them dance. And then, you know, like the, the Baying Women of Sheffield, they, you see it, and it's, it's glorious. So James enjoyed his climax after all the teasing. Johnny, <laughs> let's, let's climax this section of the show with a rating. Could you give me a rating in the full Monty out of 10, my man? I think I'm going to give it a generous 9. Yeah. It, I think it started the wave of all those sort of films like Billy Elliot and mm-hmm. Pride recently. And mm-hmm. All those sort of, you know, uplifting British films that sort of, you know, are very British in the sort of things they're dealing with. But they do it in a fun, uplifting way and yeah. they're always a bit quirky, so... I'd give it a 9 as well, yeah. I think, for what it represents in terms of British comedy and the benchmark it's set. So, definitely a 9. So I'm going to get Michael Burke on the phone. 999, Full House, ding, ding, ding. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9 as well. It's just so funny. It's just such a funny film. I'm pretty sure I gave British Casting the Sundance Kid less than that, but nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> it's In terms of, you know, you always go back to, is it entertaining? Is it, yeah. is it a well-made film that's also entertaining? Keeps you gripped the whole time. Gets better as it goes on as well. Mm, it, it, it starts off well and just gets better, and it's the perfect representation of like the attitude at the yeah. time and just yeah. northern men in general. And it's just oh, as it. as the token northerner in the show. Yeah, on this, on this, on this Manchester-based podcast. Yes. <laughs> Time for Three Fast, Three Furious with Johnny Smith. That time of the week. Yeah. I t- it's really high pressure because I actually time with a watch. Wow. With this Casio F91W alarm chronograph. Just as, because this, this isn't a visual medium, that to confirm, he does have a watch on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Johnny, are you ready after all that? <clears throat> I think so. Right. Three, two, one. Bam. Train spotting suit. Dubiously branded T2. Renton the boys are back after 20 years, but now they're choosing Facebook, Instagram, and zero hour contracts instead of life in this rowdy new trailer. Grim. Gimme danger. Cotton Wool-headed director Jim Jarmesh has made a new documentary on proto-punks from Motor City, Iggy and the Stooges. Expect noise carnage and Iggy Pop with no shirt on. <laughs> Army of One. It's a good one. Nicolas Cage plays Gary, a weirdo who works at Home Depot who gets greeted by God, who is played by Russell Brand and has to go and hunt down Bin Laden. So Nicolas Cage plays Gary. We'll move on to that later. Uh, Iggy Pop with it, expect Iggy Pop with that shirt, shirt on. Oh, well, I always do expect Iggy Pop shirtless. It'd be more interesting if he had a shirt on. I'd be like, oh, yeah. why? You know, <laughs> no point in the trailer does he have a shirt on. He has a jacket on, but no shirt. On. I don't think he's worn a shirt since like 1971. Well, that's why his skin looks like leather. He treats it with like friction and all that stuff to put on like paint, paint fences. Creosote. Yeah, that's it. Creosote just covers himself in that to protect him from all weather. And lives in like California, so the sun is just going to play havoc with his with his ropey, leathery skin. <laughs> I mean, good for him. I wish I could still walk around with a shirt off at his age. And the first film was a clear rip-off of Terminator 2. T2. T2. That's the first thing I thought when I said T2 was like Terminator 2. So which of those, out of those three, Johnny, what what do you think looked the best from your 
discerning eye. I mean, Trainspotting 2 is probably going to be the best. I think you've got to watch Trainspotting 2, haven't you? Army of One with Nicolas yeah. Cage playing Gary who goes to Pakistan Gary. to capture Bin Laden because Russell Brand, who is God, told him to. Looks terrible, but I think it has to be seen. Only Nicolas Cage could pull that off, I think. If I don't know if he has pulled it off or not, but I think if there's any one actor in the world that could... Because he's that cross between so ridiculous, but also still just so ridiculous. But he's great, Nicolas Cage. And if he's playing a man named Gary, then I'm on board. I mean, the trailer looks bad, but in Nicolas Cage we trust, so... <laughs> He's crossed that threshold from doing bad movies to just being like, oh great, it's, it's Nicholas Cage. That's yeah. what he does yeah, now. He does it. these. He does these films. That's fine. <laughs> In Nicholas Cage, we trust. Words I often like to live my life. By. Words I've got tattooed on my back. Doesn't it make you proud to be Scottish? It's shite being Scottish. With the lowest of the law, the scum of the fucking earth, the most wretched. Miserable, servile, pathetic trash that was ever shot into civilization. Some people hate the English, I don't. They're just wankers. We, on the other hand, are colonized by wankers. Well, top five time, and we're sticking with Johnny. We didn't throw, we're not going to throw James straight at the deep end just yet. Let Johnny stick this one. I don't know, what are you doing for your top five, Johnny? Top five films Sean Bean should have been in? That's, that's held in reserve for emergency occasions, aren't they? <laughs> I don't want to be there when we get to that stage. <laughs> I mean, to pick just five is the difficult <laughs> yeah, It's just... We not we just make the whole show. If it was up to me, Sean Bean and Nicolas Cage would be in every film. <laughs> if, we, if we could do it... Which each each show is just us pitching a film where Sean Bean and Nicolas Cage replace the lead stars. Perhaps I, Daniel Blake, with Nicolas Cage as the... <laughs> I, I, Sean Bean. Do you I, Sean Nicolas Cage would play the, play the single mum. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Made up as he's cross dressed in a film, hasn't he? I can't remember. Raising Arizona, he might. No way, no raising Arizona. He's like a redneck. He wears a tight on his head. I think that's really. I watched the film upside down if I was in likes and That's a it's a type of cross dressing, I guess. Uh, right, what have you got, Johnny? I've gone for sort of gritty northern films. But done it geographically, so we get a nice spread of, of the north of England. Where we started off Middlesbrough. Now, I'm well, fascinated to find what you we've, think we've, of the, we've, the north. We've started out in Newcastle. <laughs> Johnny's from West London, so... He's no, I'm from the, Surrey. It's even yeah. worse. So London, London is the north. So, yeah. so anyway. Watford is the north. <laughs> Pretty much. So, I've, I've started off very north with Newcastle mm-hmm. and Get Carter from 1971. Yeah. Michael Caine comes up to Newcastle and basically just causes havoc trying to avenge his brother. Not the Sly Stallone remake. Not the Sly Stallone remake. I think that's a, that's a was key that also set in Newcastle? Could you imagine how mangled Sylvester Stallone doing a Jordy accent? <laughs> 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 anyway. Well, there's another remake of a remake to do. Good start. But uh, Get Carter, classic yeah. 70s action. Number two, I've gone for Saturday Night, Sunday Morning with Albert Finney of Salford. Saturday Night, Sunday Morning, set in, set in Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of one of those classic, you know, British social realism sort of gritty northern films uh, about a factory worker and basically his sort of day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. So I've gone for that for Nottingham. Do like a bit of Albert Finney, actually. Then we move over to Kez. And his brother Tom, sorry. Kez and, and Kez. Bez, which we've covered quite thoroughly. Apparently is shot in Barnsley, so a oh. slight detour over there. Uh, and then I was going to put the four Monty in, but we've covered that, so we'll yeah. bypass Sheffield. Yeah. 
And then trying to shoehorn Manchester in was quite difficult, but I found a taste of honey from 1961, <laughs> which is... Uh, a <laughs> this made your top five? The film you I hadn't heard of? This is a geographical... <laughs> Sheila Delaney's play, Morrissey's uh, favourite playwright. Um, dealt I might have crop up somewhere. A lot of issues. Not of, just on the t-shirt you're wearing. Sort of uh, <laughs> sexual issues, racial issues that were sort of, you know, weren't, weren't seen in the theatre and film before. So, mm-hmm. groundbreaking stuff and set in Salford and Manchester. Mm-hmm. And then we go all the way to Cumbria with, with Nail and I. Oh, okay. Which, not a gritty film, but actually, when you watch it back, it is quite sort of poignant and depressing in the end. So... A lot of it's set in London, but the best bit's where they go up to their vacation in a... their booze-addled vacation in the countryside. I, for one, I'm, I'm not even remotely surprised that the student picked with Nell and I in his top yeah. five. Of course. <laughs> the ultimate I, student film, isn't it? It is. It's a cult classic. It's the cult classic yeah. of all cult classics. That's... This, it's a strong list. So we've, we've, you know, gone for a geographical spread, but Liverpool was, wasn't offering a lot. Mm. Unless well, you call it a hard day's night. Hard of, day's uh, night. Uh, <laughs> Gritty drama. Missed out. This is England. Well, I thought because isn't that your favourite film? It was, I do film, like... it was filmed in Sheffield and Nottingham, Derbyshire. Oh, is it? But it's set in Nottingham, I think. Yeah. Because Shane Meadows is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had Saturday Night Sunday Morning, which is Nottingham as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, good list. I'd have gone Dead Man's Shoes in there somewhere. Is that Sheffield? That's also Derbyshire. Just Derbyshire. Yeah. Just Buxton. Potentially. And obviously, when the Jamie Vardy story gets turned into a film, <laughs> no. Leicester will be on the map. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But isn't he from Sheffield as well? Oh, I don't know. Sheffield's already on the map. Leicester's also not the north. I made that abundantly clear. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 Getting into geographical. <laughs> you are talking to, a, to a man, one man from Surrey and another from Buckinghamshire. So. <laughs> You're drunk. Don't bring out the tape. Cake and fine wine. If you don't leave, we'll call the police. Balls. We want the finest wines available to humanity. We want them here and we want them now. So that's it for another week of Movie Men Madness. We hope you enjoyed the show. James, how was your first experience of the Movie Men Arena? I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah? Thanks for having me. Not too bad. Maybe we'll invite him back. We won't invite him back. (laughs) This is like the job interview there, you know. The job interview that Daniel Daniel Blake was so sadly denied. insensitive of you there James but oh well (laughs) (laughs) remember you can still listen to us on SoundCloud as you could be doing right now but also subscribe on iTunes too also if you can listen on SoundCloud as well if you subscribe on iTunes that's great because then just boost the listens and it's not just me sitting there refreshing all day Um, (laughs) and look out for us on Twitter at The Movie Men Show as ever as well get yourself over to the latestpictureshow.com blog for more from Johnny what's going up there this week Jay God I just I just don't know it's, it feels like work now. Now I'm at university. It's just more work. So, <laughs> could you just like put your essays on there? I think I will do that. You only have to do two birds with one stone. You have to do like one a semester, don't you? One every ten years or something. Yeah, that's great. Lovely stuff. Well, thanks for checking in, listeners. We've been the Movie Men. Catch you next time. See you guys. Told you it was better doing it naked. Hashtag method. <laughs> <laughs>